Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Get out the dusty old North Wilkesboro broom because Kyle Larson used it this weekend, sweeping the truck race and that million-dollar all-star race. A lot of stuff to break down. Super cool event. Uh, my event did not go so great, but we're going to get into all of that. So buckle up. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. I'm Corlett Joy, driver of the number seven Chevy Camaro NASCAR Cup Series, and I am here with the normal band of characters to my right, wearing his second favorite driver's T-shirt, but another guy named Ryan, Chuck Bush. Yeah, yeah second place, uh, both in my driver ranking and in the hearts of fans across the world. His favorite race car driver is Kurt Busch. No doubt. One of the 75 greatest drivers, but he's not active anymore, so let's find somebody else. Active in our hearts. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Merriman. How you doing? You've got a hair out of place. Can you fix that? On the Where's right, that? Right yeah. side of your head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that looks great. And then uh, Ryan Flores. Yeah. You got a face out of place. What a weekend. How, uh, how did they allow you to do two pit stops? Just want to get right into it? Yeah. It was a, it was kind of a talking point. Some people were frustrated about it. Were they? Yeah, but the, the front changer on the 22 had gotten hurt on Thursday. Okay. And they just didn't have a replacement for Friday. So... I just jumped in and did their pit stop with no practice with those guys, but it was good. I think we ended up, I think they ended up seventh overall. It was the fourth or fifth fastest stop with the six car getting kicked out and then got to go over and do the 12 pit stop. I think we were like sixth and seventh at one point, but I had a loose wheel on the, on the 12 stop. It's on that deal. You kind of just go for it coming back on the right front. I missed high on the 22 and I missed low on the 20 on the 12. When you say miss it, just like, like I came back in like tenths of a second go by so fast. But, like, if you're watching TV, it probably doesn't look bad. But I just come in and shanked it off the top and put it on on the 22. And then on the 12, I come in and shanked it off the bottom. And right when I did, like, my jackman trusts that I'm going to hit it. So you let go of the wheel. And I kind of hit the wheel and then hit it. And it didn't get the wheel back flat. But in that situation, you're just going for it. And I zipped it up. And it was going to be close. And it just wasn't tight enough. So didn't pass the 300-foot-pound torque. Mm. In inspection so we started in the tail of our heat race it was a good weekend man it was it was um place looked great place looked great it was impressive because we went there when i ran the street stock there last year for the racetrack revival and just the amount of work that had been done and it was just kind of really cool and a throwback weekend i think all the things that we were concerned about like crossing the racetrack and traffic like never hit traffic one time no to or from the racetrack nope uh, Granted, never was, had an issue getting across the track i left before the Driver intros even sorry for the big show. You got out of there pretty quick. I got out of You know what was cool at, at the end of the races? How the grandstands kind of dumped into where we were all walking out. So, like, everybody was oh, yeah. walking out together, uh, the backstretch grandstands. But it was, uh, we went up there three days, did one pit stop Friday, one non competitive pit stop Saturday, and one pit stop on Sunday. Mm. So, how was your day? 
How was your weekend? Yeah, my my weekend sucked on the racetrack. How was pra- How how was it starting off practice? We were the second slowest car in racetrack. So you pull out there. What was your what was your first takeaways? I thought we had a decent impression. I thought I we had a decent sim session. We just we we were simming at a twenty one forty, give or take. We unloaded at a twenty one fifty five. Problem was everybody else was running twenty eighties and twenty seventies. So how were you off by three quarters of a second? Uh, good question. Just didn't make any short run speed. I think we were over soft like we were trying to build too much grip into it i don't know really we just too soft the like tire we, we fall off wasn't as bad as i thought it was no. like it was wasn't great but it plateaued like you'd it, have a, you'd have a couple laps of decent grip and then it would plateau and then you could run probably the same lap time for yeah the next 25 laps which i didn't get to run on the wet tires it was super interesting in the in that the was heat cool race which i think is a a really good direction for good year to even look at which i think the all-star race has provided a ton of like additions to the actual shows, like double file restarts, choose cone, stages, now potentially treaded tires, you know, for short tracks, which I thought performed super well. A lot of grip, short runs. They fell off pretty hard on the back end. I think they're going to start looking at that pretty heavily. With those, once you burn them up, like like you said. There's no more rubber on. With a hard tire, right, they they get... Stay, say you start at a 20, say you're running a 20 second lap and they fall off to a 22 and a half second lap. Then they just stay after 15 laps or 20 laps. They just stay at a 22 and a half second lap Yeah, they won't. where like the softer rain tires, if you, you, you know, could start run a 20, if you, yeah, you start at a 19 second lap and then you just keep falling off and then your right front's done and you have to pit because yeah. you literally can't drive it anymore. And that's right. like, that's how it needs to go. That's, that's a thousand percent. Like Goodyear's almost building too good of a tire right now. Well, but they also they're listening, right? They're sending people to For those sure. all drivers meetings, and and we're we're asking them, soften them up, soften them up. But I think too, there's a difference between how a a slick tire wears and a treaded tire wears. Like a treaded tire, when a when the track got dry, it would take those edges and it would wear them right out. I mean, yeah. you could legitimately see those tires when it took them off were killed, killed. Which is what we would love to see at a Martinsville, love to see at a Bristol. So there's definitely a balance there of what Goodyear can make. They can make, I think, a lot. You know, people want to talk about the asphalt surface and this and that. A lot of the show and the quality of passing and the ability to pass and the opportunity for guys saving or going short runs, saving it for long runs, is dictated by the tire. Is the rubber different? Is it natural rubber and then, like, synthetic rubber? Are the rain tires more natural rubber or something? No, no, because they they have to be, like, green. It's like a, you know, a green tire, they call it. Uh, They changed that. I don't know, eight, 10 years ago. Yeah. There's no going back to that. Like we've asked about the chemicals and stuff they use in them. And they just, they can make it pretty close. And I don't think that's it. I think it's just the combination of the car weight, the downforce level, and just the, the efficiency of the tire. They can afford to just take more, take more grip away. But how tight of a box are they in? Because like, okay, they make a softer tire and, you know, we go back to last year blowing left rears right and then people are screaming at them that they need a more durable that's the thing right like you know nascar or or goodyear is always it's a thankless job because when is the last time somebody's got out of the in victory lane and said man goodyear brought such a great tire just about the agenda i was gonna ask you that i mean but if they bring a soft tire and some jackass wants to go 30 extra laps and blow one he gets out of the media infield care center and says goodyear's tire sucks i mean that's the box that they're in i love tony to death he's one of my top three favorite drivers of all time behind rusty but no that's on the other side of the list anyways but i mean tony would be a guy who would get out of the race car and just 
Donald. just crap all over them. So how much did the drivers, you think, in their public-facing comments, back them into a corner to, to make stuff that wouldn't do that? So it, it's really going to take a collective understanding from the drivers, which conversations like this are happening, where if, if the drivers are raising their hands asking Goodyear, softer tire, we need more fall off. We need them to fall off to the point of, of like failing with also the intention and the understanding of if you run them, if you run too much camber, if you run them extra stint when they're not made to be going that long, you don't get out on Goodyear. That's what Goodyear is willing to do if the drivers with the loudest megaphone of the direction of the sport and the health of the sport don't get out all over the tire manufacturer. Goodyear does a great I, dude. I think they do a really good job, and it's like a, it's a thankless job. I just put a set of four on my on my old car. Some Wranglers ran pretty good down here. No, they're uh, some run flats. No, they're some all Eagles. Weathers. All weathers. Oh, yeah. It's big yeah, money. Yeah, it's it's hard because if I mean a a change a change in a tire completely changes everything you know about the race car, right? Like, I you look at short tracks, you look at any anywhere you go. A change in tire compound completely changes how your car reacts. Now, for some people, that's going to play in their favor. And for other people, it's going to dial them completely out. Mm -hmm. And for that glimpse of time when you're figuring it out, the guys who are doing good are going to feel like they're the best. And the guys who were doing good that are not doing bad are going to feel like the world's collapsing. And that's where you're going to hear them screaming that they need to fix it. Because when you're not running good, it's always good to try to change something it is to try to change yourself. No doubt. And you have to be careful. Like, I feel like, people that are pulling the rope especially the drivers have to be careful when they go down a slippery slope of trying to get something changed for their agenda at the at the like the cost of bashing the sport and i just don't well i think they've stepped that i think they've caused goodyear in a lot of ways to like okay we're not going to give you a tire where you can abuse enough to where it can blow so they pulled the reins back on how aggressive they can get on tire fall off because of that. But now with all these group meetings we're having with Jeff Burton and all drivers and NASCAR involved, Goodyear's involved, there's like a collective understanding now of like, this is the direction we all need to go. And if NASCAR or if Goodyear gets a bit too aggressive and has a couple of failings, they're not worried about the drivers saying that Goodyear can't bring a good tire. You can go to back to the uh, his way, my, my way. way. And buy me some lunch at the highway joint. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on the truck race? I was. It was I, cool to this see. This is where I was disheartened. How long Bubba held on the lead for on old tires? Yeah, like I was wanting to see, and you guys would understand this. I was wanting to see that eight car at the All Star race when he put four tires on. How quickly he ripped through the field? That's what I was hoping for. Like when you put yeah. tires on, you were going, and that you know back and to the was, tire conversation. That's that was, what I want to see happen. That was the Cup race, and that was that was four left side tires Sunday. Uh, eight, he didn't eight. get through the field as fast as I thought. Pretty sure those were four left-side tires. Cheated. Too. They mm -hmm. cheated. I don't know about cheated, but they had four lefts on. Yeah. But no, but yeah, the cup race was that, but not everybody. Right, right. Right? One car did it. No, yeah. two, two, because the Bubba and uh, Larson put on tires at the same time. They stopped the at the same time. So did the 45. Yeah, yeah. 45. They, they all three. moved. That flipped their whole and race. The three, yeah. <laughs> but they were at that, what, 18, or lap 18 or something like that? One one side note, yeah. real quick. I thought it was interesting, and not surprising that who did the tire test at Wilkesboro, the seventeen, the three, the, the three, and the forty-five. So that's just seventeen was really good. Was really good. Yeah, Suarez was really lost good. lost a little bit of. It started on the outside and went from the outs, outside pole to freaking 
Suarez? No, the 17th. Oh, 17th. I, see, yeah, and then he was went to 12th and we yeah. got mired back in traffic. I got a, I got a hot take for you. Hang on, hang on. So that just goes to show how small the advantages are, how much they show up with this car. And I was trying to think on the way down here. Don't lose your hot take because I know it's not. Um, it's lukewarm at best. Luke, it's definitely ice cold. Like the target with this car, and I, I was thinking about how to like describe my day. The old car at a Martinsville or any short track for that matter, like if you were shooting a bow and arrow and the target was like 25 yards away, right? Like a slight movement, you could probably hit close to the bullseye. Now with the infinite more adjustments with this next gen car, independent rear suspension, bigger tire patches, things like that. It's like intention of what you're trying to do is the same, but now the bullseye target is a hundred yards away. And it's smaller. And it's smaller. So now every little tiny tenth of camber or caster or toe or, or just, track position or track position or <laughs> weight on an individual tire or sway bar timing. Rear ride it, height. Like everything diffuser height like if it you don't have a perfect package perfect package now your degree of off at 25 yards is going to be much further off at 100 and that's what we just completely missed it but we've missed it at short tracks la we've missed it every time because it seems like so we've missed it every time a little behind on mechanical grip right like, it's frustrating man but i'll tell you what you know we we started off the year really strong and and we were pumped up and think we're gonna be able to do this and that and make the playoffs but We've been through probably three or four weeks of getting kicked in the b****s, and then uh, this one in particular hurt because you just think you can go in there somewhat of an equal, equal. Uh, you know, nobody knew what to expect, and we go there and suck racing for last place with a teammate, and then we load up and go home. When you come to the green, take the green flag, drive down the one, and your went three-lane push. Yeah. You were like bottom of three, and then all of a sudden you were top of three, and I was like, oh, boy. I expected it to have a little more turn than nothing, but yeah, it, it was just went straight. Wasn't, wasn't good. I mean, you're, I know you're starting low on air pressure and things like that, but we just we weren't good from the time we unloaded to the time we put it back in the truck. What's your ice cold takes? I was gonna say that when you were talking about the six and the seventeen, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those cars ended up in victory lane for the six hundred. Okay. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> Lukewarm at best. Yeah. You don't think so? Brad's Brad's gonna... locked in right now. Brad's good. That's what I'm He's a great pick crew. Yep. Like from the data I saw, pick crew, so let's go back. Pick competition was really cool. Fifty four yeah. guys won. We'll talk about that in boats and woes. But from what I saw, they had the fastest uh, stop. They just didn't, their left rear wasn't tight, which that'll happen when you're hauling ass. But uh, but yeah, they they have a great pick crew. Matt McCall's a stud of a racer and a crew chief. Seems like everybody's and bought a stud in. Stud of karate too. You up with that black Kia. karate chop you? But uh, what what was your take? I'm interested in this. On the McDowell Ty Gibbs deal, did you go back and watch that? Kind, or no? kind of. I thought McDowell. I thought McDowell was a little bit out of line because I thought the 54 moved him, and he got when the 54 got under him, he didn't. They weren't three wide, and the 34 got under 31 and throttled up, and he could have lifted at any point and he wrecked himself. So I don't know if there's beef that's been brewing between them two, but like. I don't know. That was my question because if you hear on McDowell's radio, he basically said, I'm going after him. I'm going to end this. Like, he's got what he's – I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly – He's going to get what's coming to him. Right. Yeah. Change my tires. <laughs> they yeah. were working on that thing. The that right front busted. That thing was wrecked, and they were in there working on Dude, it. Dude, the 42 was busted too, and they, I don't know, just duct taped that thing up with the fan vote and got her in. You know who got the penny stack of the week this week? Who? Nobody. <laughs> How do you get beat by Noah Gregson for the fan vote? He just got punched in the face. 
I figured, and I, here, if I was writing the rules, which I'm not, I don't mind getting beat for the fan vote. I do mind getting beat by a guy that got punched in the face with a bowl cut. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a disservice to NASCAR. I don't know. Do you feel like it's our fr- it's our sh- sh- friend? Hang on, and Sean I'll be Brandon's and, and let let me. It is uh, Alpha Vision Sean. Man. I think he does some stuff for him. He juiced the boxes. I don't know, but let me tell mm-hmm. you, I appreciate everybody who took the time to go vote for me. I'm glad I didn't make it in because I would have uh, been yes. five laps down. I'd still be there finishing. It's up like on when a the Tuesday big, when the Bitcoin car made it, and it's like ah, Dogecoin, whatever it was, yeah. Dogecoin car. Who yeah, was that Matt Benedetto. Uh, like if you run last in the B main. You're definitely gonna run last in the A man. Well, if you run last in the B main, you just leave and go home. No one remembers it. That's what. That's right. what. Like I was. So I was super pissed off. Right. Like fans are. Hey, Corey. Hey, hey sign my stuff. And they're like, dude, I'm not in the mood. Just like this might be your first and last impression of me. Sorry for blowing you off. Like I'm not in the mood to sign some autographs. Put my head down. Tuck my tail between my legs. Sulk on the way home. And I woke up and I was like, you know what? We needed a good kick in the kick in the mouth. I think it's going. I mean, Sparks was pissed off. My engineer was pissed off. But you know who wasn't pissed off? Kyle Larson this weekend. Dude, I love that he gets out and he's just like, that was an ass kicking. Oh, yeah. Like, well, and, and you heard him off the mic, too. I mean, he got off like he, with his helmet on on the roof. Burnout of the year, too, by the way. Yeah. Holy moly. He's- to do a backwards burnout all the way around 5 eighths mile. I was like, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it's cool to me because, all right, five car, right? The spring race in North Wilkesboro in 96, the five-car won. And then the fall race, Jeff Gordon won. Hmm. So Hendrick basically bookends. You know, my pick last week was the 24 because I wanted the yeah, romantic. I think they ran the same setup. Doubtful. Probably, it's, it's slightly different, I would hmm. say. But it, it's 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 cool to me that, you know, the, the, the team bookends, you know, that 96 to 2023. Rich well, Hendrick's been damn good for a long time. He's been damn good for a long time. Um, it's not cool to me. I hated every bit of it. <laughs> and Dude, so did so did all the competitors because they didn't they didn't even stand a chance. The fans loved it though. Uh yeah. I don't know. We just I, I wish but, they're so I have something on I'm this. Torn. They they talk people are people complain about him winning the race by five seconds and then have a twelve second lead before the caution. But people talk about the good old days and wanting North <laughs> Wilkesboro back. The good old days, Richard Petty used to lap the field. By 14, 14 laps. Yes. So, like, in the first 50 laps of that race were electric. And then I thought Fox actually did a pretty good job covering the passing through the field. It's a one-lane racetrack. People miss old Bristol all the time. You had to bump people out of the way. Yeah. You got that. You just had one guy that hit on it better than anybody else. Yeah. I thought the race and the racing was really good. Well, I enjoyed you, it. It might not get, have been exciting, but it was satisfying. Well, yes. Yes, I agree with that. And I mean, it wasn't like edgier seat captivating necessarily, but gave you some tire fall off strategy, comers and goers. It, it left me wanting more. Yeah. Because like, all right, all right, let's say in the, if it's, if it's an all-star race and you have that final run there, like I want to see a round of green flag pit stops like that you have to almost pit under green if there's not a call, like you could. Here, here would caution. be if if here's my Tuesday morning crew chief take on this particular all star race. I wish we'd have got away with forget about a competition pit stop, yeah. But almost like snowball derby to where if they run seventy five laps green, you throw yellow. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if you run seventy five straight to three to go, yellow yeah. comes out. That's what I was hoping. That's I I think the all star race like ah, I was talking to some guys after the race and the language you use when you talk about 
the ways you, that we do stuff, right, with stages, when you call it gimmicks, it's it makes it just seem bad. But when you go to an all-star race and you create opportunities for crews and teams to have different strategy, yeah. that's what the all-star race is about, right? Yep. Creating more opportunity. Now, if you're doing that with cautions that are not natural cautions, then— That's gimmicky. It's, but it's not a gimmick because it's an all-star race. That's what it's for, yeah. right? Is the— is the dunk contest a gimmick? Right. Right? Like, it, it, like is the is Major League Baseball a gimmick? No. It's yeah. the all-star race. And at the all-star race, we put them to the challenge to win a million dollars. So there has to be more challenges involved. Yeah. So if that is option tires, more like, I like that. I, I like, don't get me wrong. I go short track racing. That was, you can go see what we saw at North Wilkesboro at any short track across the country. Yeah. You can go to Stafford Motors, people, you can go to Greenville, Hickory, Piggins. you can go anywhere you yeah. want and watch that race. That is what a late mile, that's that's what you'll see at Hickory Motor Speedway. That's a that's a Bobby yeah. Isaac Memorial. Yep. That's exactly what that is. We have the highest paid pit crews in the world. We have the highest paid engineers, mechanics, the best race car drivers in the world. Let's put them up to the task. Yeah. Right? Like, let's... Let's have a, the, the all-star race needs to be a five or six pit stop race. You have to have, you have to bring your lunchbox and go race. That'd be perfect. Now, if you want to have an old school short track race, that's great too. But I don't understand what I don't understand is how we get, and I'm not trying to bash, but like at what point did our journalists get into where they no. have to save the sport every week? Oh, this is what we need to fix. Oh, this is what we need to fix. Why don't we just talk about what happened? Yeah. Right? Like why? Hey, you're a journalist talk about what happened don't tell me how to fix it don't tell me how to run racing because that's what got us to north wilkesboro with a race with one caution and a guy that led 90 percent of the race and won by 15 seconds like okay hey you have pushed and pushed and pushed are you happy now yeah okay can we go back and make the all-star race what it is an event where the teams are showcased the you know you have to not just and i'm talking like a picker guy but i'd like it to be where strategy the crew chief the driver and the pit crew all have to be the best that night to win the all-star race. Cause that's yeah. what the all-star race was always about for me. Yeah. Right. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I, I like with this race specifically with it being the return of North Wilkesboro, like I think all of this talk about the competition that was on the track, like part of me is like, we should push that to the side because overall from Thursday when the haulers entered to Sunday when they left. Right. That was mm. a win of a weekend mm. if there has ever been one. Because the county turned out for that. Wilkes That's County, awesome. the people in the surrounding areas turned out. The stands were packed for practice. The stands were packed for the truck race. The guys in the truck race said, I've never raced in front of this many people. Yes, they have. Ca- there's they, just less people in the grandstands. Right, right. But you pack them in there, and it's the perfect place. And they're so close. To leave it at that 30,000 mark. Like, yeah. that's how many people should be there. Don't add any more grandstands. Perfect. Add another screen. So yeah. you can kind of see, a little, like there was the one screen in turn three and four. Yeah. So if you're in one and two or in three, like it was hard to see some I stuff. I loved every bit of it. Oh, I was over the moon. I would like to moon. see a TV screen the size of the big hoss on what that would look like at Wilkesboro. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> do something like that. So like the fans in the stands Bring. can get the TV experience of seeing what else is going on other than like if I'm down low in turn one and two, I'm not going to see everything. But. You know what we should do? We should hang the TV screens from Bristol. Yeah, over Wilkesburg. I don't trust, dude. With I, a drone. I don't trust Flying those freaking cables. No, I don't either. <laughs> I, don't I don't like either. it. I don't like it. But, well, they've only had it, held it up for eight years now. I think they're going to. I know. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just don't like the way it looks. The only thing, my only like critique 
is, and this is like pure vanity. Like I would like to have had a way to get out of the infield and not like have to worry about that timing of yeah. If a I don't have like, tunnel, would be nice. No, yeah. but a bridge like the Goodyear Bridge of Phoenix. No, oh, they need so one of those cannons. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot you up. next up. <laughs> <laughs> but they'd I'm also to, fine with it. They'd have to really juice course. that bitch up to get your ass over the. <laughs> Drone rides out of the like. I, you can I liked it. it. Like, I yeah, I liked it. Like we should go old school, to old school, and like if there's a caution and you can make the sprint, like you should be yeah. able to run across. Yeah, survival if, if, if that's yeah. a 500 mile, if that's a uh, or like a 400 yeah. lap race or 500, like a three hour race, you're stuck in there. Yeah, but like we got stuck in after we were the first heat race. We were trying to make it up for the second one, but it was like, nah, it's okay. Like yeah. it was 60 laps. It was yeah. all right. Yeah, and it and there was nothing. What everybody was like. We have, we are in a bad spot as a sport sometimes where everybody wants to find Noah Gregson mm -hmm. had a had a video where they interviewed him and he was in a pissy mood and he just on everything the mayor the mayor of uh, North Wilkesboro the parking sucks the getting in here sucks the racing sucks but everything that we wanted to manifest in our head and say it was going to suck it didn't it yeah. seems like they, the attitude was, coming out like it was great to your yeah. point the drivers talk with NASCAR in Goodyear. Mm -hmm the the you know a guy ran away with the race but everybody there seemed like they had fun the fans enjoyed it so it seems like to me that this single event has put everyone it put a smile on everybody yes face. it's a nice reset heading into the coke 600 that, no doubt that like it's not all doom and gloom no. as, as twitter would have you think of, it's yes and coke 600 thing. sold out i'd yeah. say i'd say it was a breath on. of fresh air Yes. Like that's 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 what I would call like a so, breath of fresh air. We think we saved North Wilkesboro. North Wilkesboro saved us. There you go. <laughs> so oh, to Marcus yeah. and the entire SMI team. Yes. No. Yeah. And it, it gives you like I forgot who I was talking to about this, but you know, Darlington set the example. Like Darlington was on life support a couple of years ago. But then the the throwback race breathed life back into Darlington, which gave this, hey, well maybe we could do this at North Wilkesboro. And they did. Yeah, and it was it was I don't top know notch. If that's exactly how it went down, but but the time I mean the time metaphorically yes. speaking, yes. So you, where now? Didn't you since, be repaved? Yeah, you think so? Yeah. You think it'd be better to repave? I think it would. Really? I think Goodyear brings us a, a tire groove tire or super soft tire, and I think to what SMI learned with repave in Atlanta, they changed like the asphalt comp composition to where it wears out more. We've seen that Atlanta now going back to second year has probably lost seven to 8% of the grip level, I would say. So that tracks, whatever they do with the asphalt, it's going to wear more. And I think they have more room to go talking to some guys over there to, to add some more of those, those features to help that asphalt wear. So I think just get it over with, repave it, do a tire test with just one team port, per organization and rubber the thing in and see what see what works technology man it's wild pretty soon we'll be able to go to the moon i love how close they like the fans are yes. like oh Dude, here's a, a great story track. hang on hang on hold your story okay no oh. give me your story right now so we were waiting for a late caution no hang on a second no, <laughs> this is what it was like waiting for the late caution this is <laughs> yeah so, it's come no it's not come so we're waiting for the last caution and we're like ready it's like 15 it's like 30 to go it's like wearing like all right hey we want to pit we want to pit. a great first pit stop we want like we're six so like hey we can get a couple here and um there, bad, everybody man. stands up in the grandstand so we like grab our stuff and we're like oh there's got to be something happening and nothing happens and then we realize it's a the fight, fight. <laughs> and we're like oh they're fighting so we're watching the fight from where we're at i'm glad you brought this up because that race to that point 
when they were fighting had been going green for like 40 minutes. What the hell were they fighting about? You can't even hear somebody next to you. How the f*** can you be so mad at somebody that you can't hear talk and be mad enough to fight them in the grandstand? But here's the weird thing. It wasn't that loud in there because the grandstands aren't real big. Like, it wasn't as loud as, like, Martinsville or Dover is. What do you think they were mad about? In the grandstands, it was loud. Maybe he he spilled his beer on them or something. I saw that the guy got arrested, thrown out, arrested, and then he got arrested again for trying to break back in and watch the end of the race. Like, they want to see you once. I could respect that. But but it was so funny because like that's how close the the fans are to you and everybody yeah. is, and it kind of felt like I don't know, like intimately, you know, like, like yeah. everybody was in it. Like it felt like everybody was there pulling the rope together, fans, drivers, yeah. crew guys, and but it was like you saw the the rise in the fans. So we got up like okay, here's a caution, let's get ready, and then we're like oh man, they're just beating each other up. Do you if you're making the schedule for NASCAR? Yeah. Do you keep it as the all-star race, or do you move it to a points-paying race? Here's what I do. I repave it, get a good tire for it, get a potential soft tire option for the all-star race where you can do some potentially off-the-wall stuff that's not inhibiting your overall season in terms of points. Try some different short track packages, downforce, horsepower, whatever it is, you have the knob of entertainment and competition to turn. Keep Wilkesboro, a repave Wilkesboro, the all-star race. Meanwhile, SMI is getting close to Nashville Fairgrounds. If they close that deal, they're going to be a two-year renovation of that project to make something equally as nice in an equally cool market. You don't think they could run that now? What? Nashville. No. Infrastructure there is not existing. The walls are – aren't the walls like guardrails? It's not good. So, by the time – Nashville gets ready to host the, then the all-star race. Then you could have the short track package dialed in to add potentially, I don't know what date they could take. SMI could take from maybe uh, Atlanta because they probably would go there once. You're trying I, to give up your best track. I liked that Atlanta for the record. <laughs> I like it. It's super exciting to watch this. You watch it back and it's freaking exciting. But Kansas, if, if you took – no, Kansas is a NASCAR track. Oh, but if you okay. took an SMI date – and you moved it kind of like a like like a like a history like a historic track. Yeah. Wilkesboro, Nashville, Rockingham. Rockingham. Like you move three or four of these tracks around every two or three years and you have like a, a old school track. Well, you could rotate like the All-Star race could move mm-hmm. between those and then like the years that it's not at North Wilkesboro, that's where the points race is. Yep. If it's back in North Wilkesboro, then the points race is at yep. Rockingham or yeah. Nashville. Or, yep. Yeah. I think, and those guys, I mean, Marcus has shown that those guys are flexible and they're not scared to make a they're not leap scared. of faith. Dude, what, if anything, it should, this weekend shows like what that group can do. It was impressive. It's, it's impressive. Shout out to Steve Swift as well. Like he was it. more the boots on the ground guy, but uh, I, I love like it as the all-star race because yeah. like, hear me out. Like if you're a fan yeah, and you get an all-star race ticket and you can get, you know, you take that two weeks off. Like they used to for Charlotte, you can go camp at North Wilkesboro, and you can drive an hour and a half and set your camper up at Charlotte. There, and dude, there was all hundreds closed. of campers at Charlotte when I drove by this morning already. Yeah, I just, I, I think, I think it'd be a good points race. Yeah, but I think it's better as like a good with like a festival, like the all NASCAR All Star Festival. This at is Wilkesboro. what it is at like Wilkesboro, a, like a boutique type thing. Yep, and then and then Nashville. I think Nashville's just a race, man. You go there and race. Yeah. Like I, I, I like that. I like the All Star Race being in North Carolina, close to the hub, where everything is. Thousand percent. Well, I mean, because Nashville, Nashville's seven hour drive. It's not close to home. 
No, and it's also fun. Like All Star Race is like is a fun weekend because yeah. there's not the Low- pressure. You just go for it. Yeah. You you a lot of people have their families there. Like yeah. You know, wives and girlfriends. There it is. If, if you're listening, Marcus, that's our vote. And you could sell a package with both Charlotte and North Wilkesboro included with the Ooh. camping and the because uh, if you look at that this three week Save three week pennies. stretch, you got Darlington, North Wilkesboro, Charlotte. Folks do it with the West Coast Swing, yeah. where that's their vacation, and they go each track. So, you know, maybe you got a package for all three. The triangle like, trifecta. Drive yeah. to Wilkesboro is beautiful, too. I love oh, yeah. it up It there. is, for sure. You know what else is beautiful? It's pit road boats and whoops. Let's go. Let's get into it right after this. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Pit Road Boats and All-Star Woes this weekend. I got a question quick to start. Did you guys have a deal as a team if you'd won that 100 grand pick your competition? How do you split it? Do you split it five ways? The, the team, I never got there. I don't have to worry about it because we didn't win. Yeah, I don't. Well, they, the 22 won it last year. It's not written in my contract on how that gets split out. And I don't know. I know that the, the team got, the picker guys got something, but I don't know. I never really got an extent of that. And I don't know what it is. I know that for the all-star race last year, you got zero. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. cause like the way some stuff is written is like, you only get paid bonuses for points paying races and that's not points paying race. So yeah, I don't know how that would have worked. You just kind of lean on the generosity of the race team on that one. So I, okay. I don't know what the I don't know what the fifty four got. I know that they got a trophy with the jack on it. That looked cool. Yeah, those guys are dogs. Group of dogs. You Dude, get that list of dogs. I do. Darrell Edwards. Um, Dog. On the he was on the wall, <laughs> like after the stop, yelling at everybody. I loved it. What was he yelling? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he finished. Like, he finished the stop, and he was popping off oh, as yeah. soon as he as yeah. soon as that car I was left. Like, huh. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Some teams elected to go stickers and. St- we just about scuffs. what you did in practice. Yeah. Like, we, I, I scraped our, our scuffs. Oh. But, yeah, it was just about what you did in practice. I think people were worried about their launch, too. Yeah. And then um, a guy who's near near and dear, close to my heart, front tire changer, Blake Houston. Dog. Big time baseball. Cabarrus, Cabarrus College baseball player. Was he? Catawba. Oh, yeah. It's Catawba. That's what it is. Yeah, Cabarrus, Catawba. It's He's from, I'm from Rowan County, man. <laughs> I'm from, I'm from Rowan County. Rowan dog. Jake Holmes, tire carrier. Dog. And the guy who wins pit crew championships like it's his job, Michael Hicks. I didn't know he's on that car, dog. Yeah, he I mean he's won the pit crew challenge at And best sunglasses on Pit Road Award. He looks like every, I, every time I see him, I'm like, Why are you wearing your daughter's socks? <laughs> Give Giselle her shoes back. You look ridiculous. He'll show it ain't nothing for him to show with pink shoes on. It's his style, man. Good for him. Got Mohawk green shades on, pink shoes. But stop. yeah, he, I mean, he won with the 11 car when they were having it what here about in, in Charlotte. That's Jake Holmes. Oh, I didn't know. I got Mini it. fridge or whatever they call him. 
<laughs> he's built like a refrigerator. He's huge. I, dude, his neck is like, he looks like a fullback. Meatball. Dude, guy's a stud. He's pretty Definitely. green into the sport. Guy's got a guy's got a hundred grand. That Dog. whole team's really good, and you know through their shakeups, they've ended up you know with with a rookie driver. Which you know with a rookie driver, there's times that that are tough. And I think that you know when you're not running up front and you're that good of a pit crew, I think that's probably where a little bit of Darrell's energy came from. Like, don't forget about yeah. us, you know. But I knew. We said it last week on the show, if you listen, the 54 is definitely one of the ones that can win this. 54, the 6, you know, the 6 laid down a great pit stop. The 17, who was just, they just won the Daytona 500. They were the 47. They switched them. That's a really young group of guys. They laid, they laid down a great pit stop. Um, your guys did an awesome job. You got in the box like a bitch. I got, I got in the box <laughs> way late. So here's the thing. <laughs> We did our practice. You slid through. I watched doing practice. We slid through because we were on hot tires, right? And, and you were going cool. probably a little faster. Mm, about the same. I think the, I launched from the same spot. So I just didn't want to – I didn't want to blow through it. But there's a lot of guys stopped way short. Like Bubba, short. 45, a couple oh. of them were way short. Talk about your all-time backfires. So we were at pit practice this week, and Paul Wolf was out there, and they were talking about how they wanted to stop in the box. And Joey notoriously would never make it into the pit stall when they did it at Charlotte. Always and they didn't have through. they didn't have pit road speed. He would never make. He would always blow through. And you know Joey's like all gas. And I was like, I didn't quite fully understand the rules of how the pit crew challenge worked, but I was just talking. <laughs> and I was like, Paul, why, Joey's gonna blow through the box anyway. And he's like, No, no, he's not. I was like, I'll bet you twenty bucks to blow through the box. And he's like, I'll bet you a hundred he doesn't. And I didn't want to look like a. <laughs> so I like put my hand out real quick, and he shook it. And then I'm the one doing the pit stop because Tanner got hurt. <laughs> And he stopped short like a little bit and it just really? kind of jacked me up. And when he stopped short, like the first thing I thought was like, nah, it's my fault. He overcompensated. So not only did I have a loose wheel on our car, it cost I you bucks. had to go in the lounge of the 22 right after and give him a hundred bucks. And Paul said, uh, pretty rough night for you, huh? <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, man, I've had better. <laughs> now it's so, expensive. Yep. So, uh, accountability over there I just some just some accountability but yeah it was a it was a fun deal I, I personally I would like to see it like it was last year where it's like heads up like the indie cars do like a bracket style I didn't like the finish the lap though the best I didn't was like no the finish the lap. no I think no the best one would be like they do it indie you start to your box to a line and you do it head to head and like even my wife was like man it was just a little bit more exciting last year when you guys were like head to head because the pit stop when you watch it and it's smooth it just isn't what it used to be because it was loud with the nah, 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 like with the guns and everything going on now it's it's a lot tamer when you watch it it's not as loud so the way that you make it a little bit more thrilling is by putting each other side to side and like yeah. that anticipation of when we're going to leave when the jacks drop at the same time yep. yeah and jack gonna, up. i think i you know i think that well the stops have became much more efficient too you don't have one guy ripping the you know jack around swinging old school yeah i i would i would like to see where we're next to each other and and racing you know to align um two teams kind of next to each other i think that aesthetically is just more exciting but anytime that they showcase what we do for a living is really cool and it was a lot of fun yeah it was it was cool to do it was weird the second night we go there the heat races kudos to nascar we pull these things around with windshield wipers lights and mud flaps on them it was raining everybody's like well what if it's raining for us but not for them and 
Sprankle run tires. Run them. Sprankle tires, and they went for it. Yeah. And it was a non-competitive pit stop, which is a great point. When when it's wet, we don't need to have competitive pit yeah. stops on pit road. That's how someone's going to get hurt with the way that our rules are set up. Um, it's it's just much different than like what an IMSA is. So and what F1 is, it's just a way different deal. So there doesn't need to be competitive pit stops. There's also pit roads well, like the, Martinsville where there'd be standing water if we did it. Yeah, standing water. And if the, the paint lines get wet, right, you're going to slip and bust your ass. Yeah, or I mean, the car will slide through the box. The car, they, I, you know, if you have to be smart as a player where if it's slick to not fall down. But it's more, you know, cars sliding through the box, not being able to see. The, you know, we don't have pit road speed limiters. It's up to you guys to do it. You're watching both. Um, so kudos to NASCAR on that. And then I just, like I said, I'll say it again. I, I want the all-star race to be a five pit stop race. You know, I want it to be somewhere where you pack your lunch and you, you come there and, you know, it's a, it's a blue collar day. It, it wasn't it. that, you know, but, but the five car on the, the pit stop at lap 100 had the fastest stop of the day and they maintained the lead and they put him in position to, to finish it off. Well, you better be so bringing we, your lunch, packing that sucker on Sunday night, buddy. This is, this is the one, this is a great place to have a great night. The 600 is a grind of a race. I mean, you're, what, eight or nine stops probably? I mean, last year, if there's the years, you were like 12. We yeah. wrecked. But, I mean, you're, you're a template. It's a 10-pit stop night. So, is, is it it's four, is it cut up in the four stages? Four 100s. So. You'll split the stages if it's all green. So, 50. Two. 50. Yeah, so. You need a toe? You want me to give seven. Is it seven? Seven pit stops. If but there's no. If there's no cautions. Yeah. And then you, you sprinkle. Sprinkle some cautions in there, and it'll be you know it, it could easily be a 10, 10 pit stop night. We've seen un like to me it's surprising to see as much carnage over the last couple of Charlotte races. There's been I mean there's been I, it's not to me like I've never driven there, but like on i racing it gets pretty narrow in the one, and the bumps into three are bad. And if you're on the left for a bump stop too hard, you'll lose traction pretty quickly. We saw the five and the fourteen racing for the lead there last year. The fourteen spun out. It's easy to bust your ass off a of four, it seems like. Yeah. Or flatten the Well, back you come out, out, yeah, you come out wheeling and like, ooh, ooh, stick, stick, and then the, the rear, you'll lose the rear, especially if you're in a bad arrow spot. But I love Charlotte. Charlotte's turned into my one of my favorite intermediates. It's got some character, it's got some grip. Putting some PJ one down on the top two grooves, so it should make a lot of lot of lanes for action. Entry to one is I remember we qualified on the Tony wasn't like one to get the pole there much, and we qualified on the pole there one time and he come across my goes, Is that the pole? And they're like, yeah. He said, I don't ever want to drive in a, a corner that fast again. Like he drove well, that into was one. back when I was two oh five. Yeah, he was like, holy crap. I remember pole night when I was probably like twelve or eleven, I twelve or thirteen it. years old, racing because we'd race the Bandoleros. Like after, yeah, yeah. After either before or after qualifying, that was like the big a big show for the Bandoleros or Legends. Course. Yeah, it was huge. You know, we'd be in the pit area and getting our stuff dialed in, and you just see Jimmy Johnson in that red, white, and blue oh. reflective number going oh. to turn one, about. 210 i don't know it was probably 206 and that 48 ting, yep. top of the pylon he's coming back this weekend is he for the yeah. 600 he might fall out of the seat he's getting a little gray and some whiskers well we should get him on here to talk about it he don't want to come on come on jimmy come on to the show return yeah. my text <laughs> i sent a pigeon with a note attached to its foot still hasn't made it back one of these days will come on but you know who else we're going to have come on, Chuck? Jake Owen. Saturday night, he's doing the concert. He's going to stop in, talk to us for a little bit, break down his career, all things music leading up to Saturday night. Big concert after qualifying. So cool dude, gets in some really cool stuff and has some great 
answers uh, for you guys. So stick around. Jake Owen coming up right after this. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, guys, very special guest coming on, stacking pennies, performing a 90-minute set after a Coke 600 qualifying on Saturday night. Owner of 10 number one hits, Jake Owen, right here on Stacking Pennies. Thanks for coming on. What's up? Oh, just having a little t- having a little fun, man, uh, like we do each and every week. But gen- we don't get to talk musicians very often. Usually just some race car driver that I beat and bang with each and every week. But definitely interesting. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit uh, right here on the show. Something that's always fascinated me about musicians. We did with we went with Kip Moore at Homestead last yep. year on stage. Uh, that was a pretty cool interview as well. But uh, how you guys always are like reintroducing yourself or like always developing your music and evolving over the course of your long career? How's that process been? Uh, great question. Um, and thank you guys again for having me. This is really cool to be able to chat with y'all as well. I, I'm, I don't usually get to to rap with guys like you either, so this is cool for me and. Um, you know, I've been really fortunate, uh, as Kip said as well, um, to have a longer career, um, and something that I've had the opportunity to grow and kind of figure out kind of through the process, who I am, what I want to say, maybe who I was, who I don't want to be anymore. And I think that's part of the journey of, of, of making music in general, but, um, I just turned 41 this past year. So I'm a lot different than I was as the 23 year old kid that got a record deal. And so when it comes to music, I think there's things I can say and talk about now that I wasn't or hadn't even fathomed experiencing at that age of 23. So I feel like I'm, I'm in my prime, though, man. Like I, I feel like I'm in the happiest times of my life and got two beautiful little girls. One's four and one's 10. Um, and they've changed my life. And, and so life is good, man. So I, I tend to try to hopefully revolve a lot of my music around that. Man, kids will both of us here we have two and they definitely change in for all the better ways a lot of ways you didn't expect but something that i found super interesting when i was doing some research on you of how many guys people recognize you've toured with jason aldean brooks and dunn alan jackson i mean the list goes on and on what's it like to have those guys to learn from them how to do it right and how to be a a a long career in, in the game It's something, you know, my dad told me a long time ago, I'm really fortunate. I I tend to always credit and quote my mom and dad in in life and stories I tell just because they gave me a good, solid upbringing. But my dad always said, if you want to be the best at something, make sure you surround yourself with people that are. I've been real fortunate since the early days to, like you said, the first tour I ever went out on was with uh, Brooks and Dunn and Alan Jackson, like co-headlining. And those guys were like heroes of mine growing up. So to learn from them and see how they treat their crew members and take care of people and how they put on a show to the highest level was something that I was real fortunate to learn from as like an early kid. And then going out with Kenny Chesney for a lot of years, a lot of summer times being out there with him. Uh, I love just that kind of that so-called ethos that he creates out there with his, his touring team. And the, I mean, those guys on there do anything for that guy. And it's because of the way he treats them. And I think the reason they've been successful for so many years is because of the way that he takes care of his people. And I think y'all probably see it out there 
um, in the NASCAR world to the guys that have great camps and they lift up their team members around them. There's not a lot of like controversy or stuff happening when, when everybody seems to be pulling for one another and on the same page and going towards the same goal. It tends to always not only feel even when you're not winning, per se, it still feels good to be out there chasing the dream and chasing the win. And uh, I've been fortunate to learn from that type of feeling. And, and I try to incorporate it into my day to day life. Man, you're no you're no stranger to NASCAR. You and Kevin Harvick and Josh Jones been buddies for a long time, represented Budweiser. And I, I believe there's an infamous story about one of your phalanges getting more or less chopped off on a go-kart out on that track. Yeah. Is that true? Here's the good hand. Here's the messed up. Oh, so so there was and, and I, I could elaborate and put some context on it. So it wasn't Harvick's track, it was his next door neighbors had this sweet high bank go-kart track, long straightaways. I believe a, a Budweiser or two was probably involved in this story. Mm. And maybe maybe I think it was Harvick's 40th. There was some sort of substantial party. It was Delana's 40th birthday. Delana's. And you tried to rifle off a heater and what happened? I mean, I'm going to be honest, you know, yeah, I did try to rifle off a heater because it's not every day. Like I told you talking to you guys, but it's not every day that you just get to hop in like a badass go-kart, you know? And I knew it was serious when Kevin handed me gloves. He gave me racing shoes, the whole deal. I just took a bank corner a little high and I believe, I believe it was Boyer kind of came low and tried to get me. And I, when I came down, I didn't want to hit him. So I yanked the wheel. And when I did, man, I rolled that sucker twice. And, and uh, my hands were on the wheel. And I guess when I rolled so fast that the wheel hit the pavement and just smashed my hand and finger. And by the way, my good buddy, Kevin, I still have it hanging in the bar room in my, at my barn. I've got that, that steering wheel from that go-kart all smashed in where my hand was. And he's got a picture of he and I under it when I was in a sling the next day. Uh, but then under it, it says first place. <laughs> well, that's a good story. I always tell people. I don't, I'm not so sure it's Delana's favorite part of her 40th birthday, but we uh, definitely spent some time in the hospital. Corey's got a um, memorable moment from out there. He said it was the most embarrassed he's ever been in his life. You mind telling no, that one from Harvick? Di- that was a different. That was a different go kart track. But I'll tell you because it was at Harvick, though, right? No, no, it was at Boyer's. Boyer had uh, a dirt Boyer, track. Okay, so oh. Harvick had an asphalt track. Boyer had a dirt track. I was probably 16. There was like a they had temporary grandstands, probably three, four hundred yeah. people. You probably went. So we leave right from baseball practice, and I was wearing like you know the the trend back in the day was like you know triple XL sweatpants with like Northwest oh, yeah. Polaris baseball on. So I go and I'm sitting there like arms crossed, and Dad would always give me shit about those sweatpants because he just didn't like them. So I'm standing around, and I'm talking to Delana. There's like three or four others, and next thing I know, I'm just standing there, and next thing I know, it got really breezy. And I looked down, and I was bare ass. My dad had pants me to the ground, and right in front of that temporary Ooh. grandstand, in turn of three or four hundred people. So, uh, you might have been there that night, and you probably got a show <laughs> that you didn't anticipate for. But a show that people can anticipate and can look forward to is Saturday night for the Coke Six Hundred. Man, haven't seen you around a NASCAR track in a little while. What's it mean to be back on Memorial Day weekend? Ah, uh, well, you know, anytime I get to kind of you know bring some music, especially and get in, uh, really get you know involved with nascar is a big deal for me so nascar has been really good to me over the years and to have me back especially at the big 600 is really cool play the infield um see kevin there on his last last race there at the 600 
And I'm pretty fired up to see that and play some music. And Memorial Day weekend, like you said, it's kind of the kickoff to boating season. And I got a new album coming out. It's like it all all together feels pretty good. Man, I, I wanted to ask you three questions that I ask all the guests, most of which are drivers. So I'm going to tailor them a little bit to yourself. So the question number one generally is if you get to pick one car and one racetrack to race at the rest of your life. Uh, I know you're not going to pick a go-kart at Harvick's go-kart track. If you had to pick, if you had to play one song at one venue for the rest of your life, what do you go with? Mm, one song at one venue? That, I've never, I've been asked a lot of questions. I've never been asked that one. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, any song, honestly, to have an opportunity at any time, like I think about that a lot. I think about the days of just wanting people to care uh, about my music when I was down in Tallahassee, Florida, and my twin brother would sit on a bar stool with his one other buddy, and that'd be like the only other person than the bartender, and he would be there for me. And I remember thinking, man, one day if I ever make it, Jared's going to be pretty proud of me. And all these years later to think that, you know, to even come there to 600 and play this coming weekend, all those people that'll be there, um, any chance I get to play anywhere, I know this is a roundabout answer to your question. I don't know that I had the right answer for it, but I do know that if I can just play one song anywhere and people listen and care, that makes somebody like me feel completely elated as far as feeling like you made it. I don't know. The Ryman's a pretty cool spot in Nashville. If I had to pick one last time to play a song, that'd be probably a cool spot. And I'd probably play one of my favorite old country songs, not one of mine. But man, just, just getting to do this for a living is pretty cool. So I'll, I'm going to ask you to elaborate a little bit on that because I find that interesting. I'll save two and three for a little bit. At what point of your career, I feel like it's a pretty distinct shift for musicians in particular of when they're facing just a headwind, going to dive bars, grinding it out for tips to where all of a sudden it like switches and you hit it big. Was there a moment in time or like a season where you're like, oh, shoot, I'm getting a little bit of traction at this thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I think when I moved to Nashville, it was such an eye-opening experience because, uh, as, as I said earlier, my dad said, if you want to be the best, surround yourself with people that are. And I was thought I was good in Tallahassee, Florida, um, but until I got to Nashville and surrounded myself with a bunch of other people that were so much better than me and still are, it just makes you work harder. It makes you really realize that you got to step your game up. So um, I would say that when I moved here is probably when... Things started like I could tell people were buying into what I was doing. Um, people in the business getting behind you and having having them wave your flag is a, is a cool thing. Just feeling a part of the community is, I think, the best part. You feel like you made it. Do you ever wonder? Because you you were you're a scratch golfer, played in a pro am. You were a wake wakeboarder, uh, and then you got injured, I, I believe, uh, which yeah. dismantled the kind of the golf career. Do you ever wish that you would have stuck with one or the other, or are you pretty content with what you're doing? Man. I don't ever think about what could have been. Uh, what about when you I, see like those live contracts they're signing right now? Do you maybe just think a little <laughs> bit about what could have been? Hey, I do see what you're saying there. Those guys are making some good money, but I really don't, man. I've tried to live my life on the what can be instead of the what could have, uh, because you can't really do, ever do anything. You can't you can't change what has happened, but you can change what's gonna happen by just putting your mind towards something and and to be real. Like I said earlier, like I got two beautiful little girls. If if anything would have changed along the way, that I would I don't I wouldn't have had them probably the way I have. And, and things, so many things in my life would have never happened if it wasn't for the things that did. And um, so I always embraced the past, and and I'm excited that my life has turned out the way it has, and I wouldn't change it for anything. And yeah, that's that. What can be sounds like the next number one hit. 
start writing that thing up. Yeah. Let's go. Question number two is what is the most embarrassed you've ever been for the general questions at the racetrack or on stage? I did rip my jeans open one night. I had a little, I had some jeans on that were pretty tight. I was in uh, North Charleston, actually. And I used to cover in my set. I don't remember who I was on tour with. I think it was like Al Dean or Keith Urban or something. And I used to, at the end of our show, we'd play uh, Van Halen's Jump. And so I'd always try that David Lee, David Lee Roth jump off the drum riser, just full split, you know what I mean? Just trying to just full on rocket. And I did that night, and I ripped the jeans wide open, and there it was, man. And in that moment, I had to just kind of like, speaking of you getting pants, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it was bad. And so I turned around, tried to figure it all out, and finished the show. But it was pretty embarrassing, that's for sure. You know what I would call that? I would call that yeah. the bare-ass blue jean night. There you go. There you go. I told <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we had a few things we called that evening for sure. Yeah, that was a bare-ass blue jean night. <laughs> question, question number three is if you had to lose every single one of your, your career-related memories but only keep one, what do you keep? Um, oof, I think I would uh, – man, you're asking some great questions. Uh, I get a lot of practice. Man, I don't know. I, I if I could add to lose, I don't, I probably, the feeling that I get, if I could, if, if I had to get rid of everything from accolades to, you know, to the, to thankfully the, the life that's been, I've been able to lead and live and support my family with, like, if you took all that away and I could only just be left with one thing, it would genuinely be that feeling that you get when you realize that you can genuinely make someone happy. Right. You really like when people accept you into their lives and they play like I get texts all the time, like from people or, or photos on Instagram or videos where someone, you know, that not only uh, grew up liking my music, but now maybe married and they use the song as their wedding song or they had children and they now are bringing their kids up with my music. And those types of feelings, I never thought that would ever happen, like that I could be a part of someone's life or make them happy. So I will take that day in and day out, because at the end of the day. No matter how many accolades you had, no matter how much money you can make, no matter you can't take that with you when you go. But what you leave behind is important. And leaving behind an impression on somebody that you were a good person, that you did good for people, that you made them smile, I'll hang my hat on that. I could I could appreciate that answer. So generally, too, when we talk to a driver, they can kind of pinpoint like one race in their career, like the perfect car, right? Like our car was so good that day, losing was not even an option. And they would want to go drive that car at that track for the rest of their life. Is there a particular guitar? You play a lot of instruments, but is there a particular guitar that like you find yourself gravitating towards if you could? Yeah. Um, I've had, I, I've kept kind of most of all my guitars on the road with, with me for a long time. My dad gave me a, um, a pink Paisley Telecaster when I was in college. It was a big deal to get that kind of guitar. And my dad, you know, bought it for me. When I moved to Nashville, it needed to be updated and the pickups changed out in it and my buddies painted it for me. Uh, and so now it's this sparkle Telecaster and I've had it for 20 years at least on the road. And I just love playing that guitar. It reminds me of when I was a kid. Every time I grab it, it's still the same guitar. It's just got a different paint job. But it's that guitar, like when I pick it up, I'm like, I played this guitar in a bar in Tallahassee, but I've also played it at the Daytona 500. 
you know? So it's that kind of, it's those type of feelings I think that make you kind of takes you back to like being a kid. And I think you always have to remember those feelings. Something too, I found it interesting. You asked Ryan before we jumped on here, the difference of five lug nuts to one lug nut, how much different it is, right? Where in your career, from the time you've been 23 to where you are currently at 41, like the act of songwriting and be a musician isn't the same. What, oh, no. How does that, how does it change? Are you looking at what the audience is wanting to hear? Or are you making what feels good to you? So great question, because what a lot of people don't realize, I got my record deal in 2006. So you got to figure that's like 16 years ago. Um, and that was before there was like, iTunes wasn't out in 2006. And this makes me sound dated. I mean, I'm 41 years old. I don't feel old. I, I just, but it's wild how much has changed from not only when you think about it musically, but even in the business of NASCAR. And so, um, you know, there was no iTunes. There was no streaming. Like when you put an album out, I remember everyone standing in the stores at Target, Walmart, all those places with the actual physical CD and sign it and people come in. That's where you went to get it. And nowadays you're just telling people, make sure you go to Spotify or Pandora, wherever you stream your music, Apple. Um, and so I've lost a little bit of that connection when it comes to music release week. Um, but it's also, it's been incredible to, though too, the way that the, the way you can reach people um, digitally now that we could never do. We can release songs quicker now than we were able to do then. Um, but Jay, it was interesting listening to you telling me about how even though you're down to one lug nut, uh, that it can still be as hard. I, and I'll quickly share something with you. A long time ago, I asked a, a guy uh, that is on a pit crew, and this is like maybe been 10 years ago. I, you don't remember? I mean, I guess it's 10 years ago. How long ago did Toyota come in to NASCAR? Yeah. A little more yeah. than 10 years ago, probably. Yeah. Okay. So I remember asking, this is a funny story. I remember saying, man, this is a dumb question, but I was like, Chevy, Ford, you know, you crank on American engine and it sounds like American engine. You know what I mean? Like Toyota, you crank up your normal Toyota out anywhere in a parking lot. It's like, doesn't sound like a, like an American car. So I was like, is that a dumb question? Like what's those Toyotas sound like out there? I'll never forget that dude. He goes, Sounds like they're hauling ass. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> Some weeks. Some weeks. Yeah. We can get into the weeds on that. Oh, yeah. but that is a great question. You would anticipate it sounding like a Prius. But it right, doesn't. Right. They, haul, yeah. they, they haul pretty good ass. The Toyotas, the weird part about the Toyotas, a little tidbit, is when they fire them up in the garage for the race, they smoke like um, like they're fog in a field first like bugs really? oh my god yeah you, do they still do that have you noticed that yeah their first fire up i don't know if what it is but and they obviously do it on purpose but they smoke really bad mm, not like funny. these not like these american cars nope <laughs> we don't burn oil because that's bad for the environment jake right. it's been a little while since you've had a number one hit you got anything in the works you're about to lay out lay down for the uh all the consumers ready to hear some new stuff yeah, man. I uh, appreciate you asking. I have a new album coming out uh, next month, June 24th. I have four songs actually coming out this week uh, that are kind of the pre-order to that album. Um, and uh, it's perfect timing for me being a Floridian and Memorial Day weekend. People are putting the boats like for us, like Memorial Day weekend rolls around and like people start putting the boats back in the water. It's time to go for the summertime. So we're going to put out like a little four song summertime playlist kind of the prelude to uh the album being dropped on the 24th and um yeah and hopefully there's hopefully there's some hits on there for sure so one thing too and, and i appreciate your time here spending a lot of good time with us is like 
the work behind an album, just the, the amount of work, because people think it's rock star live in red carpets and motorhomes and all this stuff, and they forget about or don't know how much work in solitude, whether it's on the simulator in my case, whether it's in the booth record and things like that on your end. What are some things that from the outside looking in, people don't know what the extent of being an artist is? You know, don't get me wrong, man. It's not digging ditches or anything, but but it's definitely it's it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Team, I think what I said earlier, it's really important to stress the importance of a great group of people around you, um, because I could not do what I do without the, these folks around me helping me leverage ideas I have, um, taking creative creative and bringing it to life. Um, you know, bus drivers driving me to shows, tour managers making sure that when you get there that everything's set up. I mean, it doesn't just happen. And I'm glad you asked me that question because it's important to make sure that a lot of those folks get the credit they deserve and no different than than y'all, you know, and, and driving and, and pit crew teams and people. I mean, you can't win a race without a team there changing that lug nut, you know, as fast as possible and making sure that you get on down the track. So um it's as you know when you win it's a celebratory win with everybody it feels good to every person involved and i think that's what life's all about the more people you can invite into this winning feeling the better you'll feel about winning so that i i applaud a lot of people around me for helping me get to where i am i love that so guys make sure you guys go check out saturday night after Coke 600 qualifying, Jake Owens going to be blowing the metaphorical roof off of Charlotte Motor Speedway. Thank you so much for joining us in studio. Maybe we can fire up some go karts when you're in town, huh? Yeah, let's do. I've got a good. I've got a good history on this. I can haul ass, man. I'll, I'll put the pedal down. So that's me. That's my thing too. I can haul ass right to the point of impact. There you go. You can bring your steering wheel. <laughs> you Pull her off yeah, the wall. <laughs> I really, I really appreciate you guys taking time, and, and I'm even so grateful again for NASCAR including me this weekend, and I look forward to seeing you guys. Absolutely. I'll pop by stage, make sure to put a face with a name, and shake your hand, buddy. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, guys. See you soon. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we're back. Penny for your thoughts time with uh, Charles. Hey, all right. We got one here from Race Fans Burner. So it's a burner account, I guess. Uh, mm, who's you, that? Is that Denny's burner account? Probably. Yeah, yeah. So. If you could bring any OEM next season to NASCAR, who do you bring in or back and why? Uh, Pipe Dream. I think they got really close with Dodge a couple years ago, maybe a year or two ago, um, and it fell through. So that was unfortunate. It'd be really cool to see Charger back on the grid because the Charger next-gen car would look nasty. Uh, I'd like to see Honda. Um, you know, I think that there's potential there for several manufacturers to come in. The 358 small block engine source isn't the most enticing for a new OEM to come in. So I think they're going to have to work on what the future of the powertrain looks like to incentivize a new OEM to come in. But I think a new OEM would 
be one of the high tides that would be raising all ships. So I'd like to see a new OEM, whether it's Dodge come back, whether it's Honda, whether it's Volkswagen. I think there's plenty of uh, Alfa Romeo potentially. Uh, I think there's there'd be a lot of cool car manufacturers that would look great with that next gen scheme. Uh-huh. Uh, this next one comes from Nathan Grant. He wants to know, I think this this might be a little bit uh, more geared towards Mr. Flores. It says, uh, why are some team, some of the teams coloring the spokes on the wheels? Are the dark wheels hard to see once covered in brake dust, and, do you, and you go to grab them? No, so there's, you, you can't really line up the pins anymore, but there, there are two spokes on, there's like a V. I guess there's eight, maybe eight spokes around the whole wheel, but they're in a V, and you want to grab the spoke to the right. Is there, so let's, let's look. Yes, yeah, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven Vs, right? And you want to grab this. Each V has two spokes, so there's 14 spokes. That's how Vs work. Yep, good point. You want to grab the one, if you're looking at it, and it's at 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. you want to grab the one on the right when you're hanging the tire. So like two, It's easy two, three when you run around, especially a Jackman or a Carrier, they're jacking the car, grabbing the tire, and throwing it on in a second, right? So you just need a visual cue that tells you you've got to grab this one because it's easy to grab the wrong one. And when you grab the wrong one and your finger's out of place, you lose all your power and momentum. So some teams color it. Some teams have been putting tape on it, which I had. A, I did have a an ex-crew chief. It was, a, it was a good conversation. They said, hey, I see some teams putting tape all the way down their spoke. What do you think that's for? I said, I don't, like, I'm not sure why they would have to get that aggressive. And they said, I wonder if it's an arrow game they're playing. And I said, huh, that'd be, that'd be a good question. So um, I think Hendrick is the one that puts the, the tape down their spoke maybe. Um, but yeah, there's a. Or it's one of those things that you just do to see how many people copy you after two weeks and be like, ha ha. Remember, remember when we did that with that square? Were you at what Atlantic was it City? Again? We drew a square on our on the tire, tire before the race, then everybody yeah. had a square on it. practice. Yeah, but, um, yeah, square on the tire. but yeah, so that's what that's for. It's a visual cue on where to grab and pull the tire, but also grab it and put it on. Because uh, although you cannot line up the pins as easy like you used to with a five lug nut, where you grab it in that tenth of a second to throw it is so important. It, it's the difference between being uh, being great on pit road and having a really bad day. All right, and this next question, the last one that we have, uh, is from Joe DeBoard. What are the best historical pit crew names? Why don't teams today have nicknames? It's a great question. So, I mean, the, the ones that come to my mind, the Flying Aces. Flying Aces Rainbow were also Warriors. the Junkyard Dogs. Dogs. Junkyard Dogs. That's Kirk Shelmerdine's group. Okay. Rainbow Warriors. Yep. Killer Bees, Matt Kenseth's team. Yeah, with uh, Lingerfelt and those guys. That was the forty. No, he was. That was Justin Ottestead. Okay. Um. That that was Rushstrup. There was. They won a championship. They were good. The last one that had a really good nickname was the the Pitbulls. That was when Biffle was 3M really pushed the Pitbulls. They had helmets painted like a bull. Okay. Uh, like the it was like the mouth. I don't know why. What would the uh the tickets? What what would the, he what? tried to make himself the fly, like they tried to be the flying aces again and oh. it just kind of fell flat. I don't know why, but like if there was anybody that was gonna get a nickname to stick, it'd be Paul. For sure. Paul dude. Do you think that's just because the broadcast doesn't lean into it? Like if you know, if the broadcast started calling the flying aces. So to stick. me, man, I got a I got a kind of maybe a cold 
take on this. I feel like when Kirk Shelmerdine was doing it, right? Those guys were in the garage. They were connected. They were the mechanics. I feel like sometimes the pickers are a little disconnected from the sport because we just fly in for three hours on Sunday. And they're not in the shop as much. And everybody's not as connected as we all once were. And I think it makes it hard to build those relationships and those bonds. That being said, like, dude, the amount that I get roasted on Twitter, I had a good one this week. I had that loose wheel in the um, pit crew challenge because I was going for it. Give me a break. We, we were going to be all right. And the guy, a guy said, uh, when I die... I'm going to get Blaney's pit crew to be my pallbearer so they can put me down one more time. Or they can <laughs> they can let me down one more time. I'm like, golly, I just get roasted every week. Like, it's like... One last time. Yep, you're going to let me down one last time. You ever seen that that, that, that Instagram video of those guys carrying the casket thrown yep. around? That's oh, your... yeah. Yep, that's us. But that's a, that's a great nickname. And if we just had a couple guys that maybe worked at nascar.com that could start pushing some nicknames for picker guys. Maybe I think we can get right. some traction on this. What would be y'all's nickname? Man, I don't know. Well, our car's our car's uh bright maybe we'd be the yellow blur. The bright <laughs> bright yellow, it. that's what we used to call that. So we used to call that thing the yellow, the yellow blur. Yellow I don't blur. I don't know what we would be. Loose um, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yellow nuts. Nice. The Paul Bears. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you the Paul Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I'd have like the urn. Like, remember Paul Bear and the Undertaker? Yeah. <gasps> I feel like the best nicknames puts, are ones put that some like body armor in there. You Show don't them. come up like you. It, no, yeah. they have to be. Yeah, yeah. you can't. Yeah. The team can't come up with it. You have to do something to earn it, right? Yeah, I don't. Man, I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, like Paul and them, they call themselves the Flying Aces, and that'd be cool for the three car to be them. But like, it's also to like you have to be winning races too, yeah. right? So like the twenty four team right now could get like a good nickname. Yeah. You gotta hit the timing right and like be the doing dogs. Like the like the three cars are great pit crew, but they're just not running very well. So like you're not gonna have a nickname and not be on TV. Yeah, that's right. So I got a penny for your thoughts question, Chuck. What's that? What does Kyle Larson have to achieve in his the rest of his NASCAR career to be considered the goat? That's a tough one. I mean, that's why I proposed the thought. Well, okay, who who do you consider in NASCAR? Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is the goat of the modern era. That's just a goat. A goat? No, no, the goat. Because there's one. I mean, there could be there could there's be a herd, goat. herd of goats. There is a there's one goat in the pasture mm -hmm. has roam for the field. He's got the white picket fences. That's Jimmy Johnson's field. There is another field with like a black and gray goat. There's a petty blue goat in their own little field. Then there's an orange goat, kind of fat, eating a lot of Oreos and Coke. In its own field too. There's What's like four. Is, there's like five a, or six goats. Is that a smoky goat? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, he's not orange. Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. This was uh, a smoky. But I just, when I, I think about Tony Stewart, I think about Home Depot. Home Depot. I think about the 14. Because you worked on it. Yeah. So that he's has another. He's a goat. Yeah. Little fatter goat in its own field. It's just but an angry goat. There's there's a goat with the biggest horns in this green field. What's it going to take for Kyle Larson? to walk on over and take that goat's field. Goat also doesn't text back in that field. He doesn't have a phone. Does not, it turns out his phone does not work. It, he probably hard. has other goats text Maybe changes it, it's, it's hard, it's hard to bad. text. It's hard to text with hooves. You know? It is tough. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's on his way trajectory-wise. His trajectory to goat status is very comparable to the current goat. To the current goat, Jimmy Johnson. So they're both like Jimmy's first championship came right around age 30. Right. Yep. 
and he had what 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 we say around 18ish wins somewhere in there. Okay, Kyle Larson has one championship and 21 wins at age 31. 30, 31. So I don't know. Trajectory wise, there in, he's in that path. Kyle Larson putting on a whooping at North Wilkesboro, where another one of those goats won 15 times. But what do you what do you count as is what's the ratio of championships to wins? It's nobody's touching seven. Yeah, what? If, Th- if that's what they said when Dale when Dale is, Earnhardt did it in is, this system, if they keep okay, the system, nobody's touching. Okay. It's impossible. I, that's it? what they I said about Jimmy Johnson. Too. I could agree with that. I think he only won two with the system. He won one in this system. Okay, he won five. And that's only because in a row because Carl row. blocked. Let's not discredit that. Joey to the let's wall. Not, let's not, hey, you got to be in position. Yeah, yeah. had to be in the final four. I. I don't like ifs and buts from Kennedy's and nuts. We don't have a Merry Christmas. But if the finale race was at Homestead, I you could pencil Kyle Larson in for like five or six trophies. Yeah. But the fact that Homestead is in the round of eight, and if it remains in the round of eight, he's going to be in the final four. If they raced at Homestead ten times, Kyle Larson's winning seven of them. Mm. Yeah, maybe eight and a half. Maybe eight and a half, right? Like his odds at damn Homestead, he's, he's unbelievable there. So let's just say he's makes the championship four. Seven championships and 80 wins. Like he's got to have 80 plus wins, seven championships. But like I hate these arguments, right? They're like Kobe and LeBron arguments or, or Jordan and LeBron arguments. But like if he goes and wins the Indy 500 next year, he's right there. He's Mario Andretti status. Yeah, yeah. And I put Mario Andretti ahead of Jimmy Johnson. Right, Globally. Like, but that goat's in a – right, Do you not? That's, that's a different pasture of goats. Yeah. It's a different – yeah. You're making a face. So, we're talking so, about yeah, NASCAR. It's not one size fits all. We're talking – it's a different pasture. Yeah. This is a, this is a NASCAR goat farm, not a international So, so what does he have to do to be the goat, goat of NASCAR? Yeah. Seven championships, 80 plus one stone. Can he get there? Congrats what? on your all-star race. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this. What if he gets three championships? Nope. No, three's not going to do four. it. So hang on, hang on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Three championships over 100 wins. Uh, no. that's Hondo's not having it. Um, but I'm just saying, like, if he no. got over no, no, 100 I'm wins. I'm just saying it's not going to happen. Fair. Eh, maybe. F- I think five championships, 60 races, it's a legitimate conversation. Uh, seven championships, 84 plus wins. But, so how many wins did Jimmy Johnson have? 84. 84. And Larson, at the same age, has a couple more than him right now. So he's... If you're, track to, if you're basing it off of those numbers, I mean, Earnhardt had, what, 86 wins, seven t- titles? Petty has 200 wins, seven titles? Petty's 200 wins is in a different field with a different bunch of goats because they – Yeah, had, but but is Earnhardt, or Earnhardt? 76, sorry. 76 wins for Earnhardt. That's probably in that it's more comparable to Jimmy Johnson's wins because of the schedules and the number of races that they, they run. How races they win? Huh? How many World Outlaw races? Okay, you're still you're at the dirt farm. We're at the green. This is grass over here. We're a different farm. Yeah, chili bowls they win. I don't know. I think Jimmy Johnson likes a little, but likes some chili. To to your point about these, you know, the Andretti's of the world. Like, I think with Larson because it is, and we've said this before, he is good across multiple disciplines. Like Tony Stewart. Like right now. Those two are kind of in the same pasture. There's one thing that makes Jimmy Johnson so much different than everybody else. The the truck stuff that he did back then. His ability year, to drink a lot of tequila. The years where he the Drive years golf that cart, he strung golf cart together. The years yeah. that he strung it together. Yeah, like, five straight. That's where his maturity, not saying Kyle Larson's immature, but the year after you win a championship, 
he was like, he even sat right here and said, like, yeah, man, I kind of did that, right? Jimmy Johnson to do that five years in a row is like one of the most impressive things in professional ever sports. been done in professional sports. Yes. Right? So, like, I, these are great conversations for right now, but I just like to appreciate, like, when I turn on flow and Kyle Larson wins the high limits race on Wednesday night, wins the truck race on Saturday, then wins a million bucks by a long stretch on Sunday because he figured out how to move his car and place his car and drive away from everybody. Like, I just appreciate what he's doing right now in his own time. So, but that being said, seven wins, 84. 84 wins, seven championships. What if he gets 84 wins, five championships? Well, he's probably, he's missed out on being the go by two championships. (laughs) What if he gets seven championships and 70 wins? Uh, that's 14. I mean, it's closer. He's getting seven championships <laughs> that, closer. That seven mark, like the seven championship mark in NASCAR is that, that puts him on Mount Rushmore. Well, what would make him the undeniable goat? Eight championships. Yeah. Yeah. 85 wins. And just eight, if you can get, if he can get eight championships, which Chuck has deemed impossible. Um, I'm, not, I'm not Chuck. Or that's it's, it's impossible. I, I really do think it's impossible. Unless the, unless the system, I mean, unless the system changes, now, you can't do it. If I would stand behind, if, the finale race was at Homestead for the next 10 years. If anybody could win eight of the – well, seven of those out of 10, it would be him. But it's not. It's yeah. a Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix for, for now. Two – since he won the championship, he has finished in the rankings seventh and ninth. Yeah, I don't – that doesn't so care. Like he's not, but he's – you know, how many times has he been in the final four to have a shot at that championship? Like, not sure. That one time that he won. Mm. Mm. Last year, though, owner's championship. Because uh, that, that guy didn't no, win. They, they didn't win the owner's championship. They didn't win it. They were in no, it. No, they though. were in it, yeah. Because yeah. somebody didn't win a race. All right, so seven championships, 84 it. wins. That's what it's going to take. I think so. Does he get there? No. 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 Hopefully. No. That'd be really cool. I'm here for it if he does. If he can put together another 2021 season. I'm not wins. I'm not rooting against him. And a Daytona 500. He needs a Daytona 500, too, right? Jimmy yeah. has two or three of those. You know who his first one came with, Jimmy's? Yeah, Darren Grubb. Yep. Yeah. All right, there you have it. And more trivia? No trivia. They took the day off. Trivia team took the day off. Um, yeah, Penny Stacker of the Week. Shout out to Milo. Listening with his dad on the way to, uh, on the way to school. Says he listened to it every every Thursday on the way to school. Awesome. Fires it up. First thing he wants to listen to in the morning, head to school. Milo, shout out. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you you guys for listening, too. Hope you have a great day at school. Listen to your teachers. Drink your chocolate milk out of the carton. Do they even still do that? I don't know. I haven't been to school in like 30 years, 20 years. I don't know. I don't know. Chocolate milk out of a carton just hits different, bro. (laughs) It does. There's something about it. Like, it just freaking does. So I hope you enjoy that milk, Milo. Shout out to you, Penny Sack of the Week. Tweet us your questions. Hashtag Penny for your thoughts. Also, make sure you like, download, share, rate, review. Tune in to Spare Change because we're going to the Coke 600, the granddaddy marathon of them all. Hopefully I have a bit better weekend than I did last weekend because it can't be much worse. But I'm excited. I think we got a good shot headed to Charlotte Motor Speedway. So tune in. Thank you guys for listening. This is Stacking Pins.